Well, hello and welcome to this week's episode of From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. It is Tuesday, September 25th. My goodness, it's the last Tuesday of the month of September already. I don't know how that happened, but here we are. I'm your host today, Amy Johnson, the league correspondent here at the AHL Report. And of course, I'm joined every week by my fabulous co-host, the guy who does it all behind the scenes, the founder of Rocket Sports Media and the editor-in-chief and executive producer of all of our podcasts and editor-in-chief of all of our uh, websites under Rocket Sports Media. And that would be the one and only Mr. Rick Stevens. What a whirlwind it has been uh, with, uh, with some launching of, of podcasts, with uh, lots of news on the hockey front, uh, doing some scouting. It's uh, a busy week, but wouldn't have it any other way. I'm glad to be here today. Excellent. Well, we're glad to have you. And we've got, as you say, you know, things are really rocking and rolling. It's been quite a busy week for the Rocket Sports uh, media team since we last met last Tuesday. Uh, And that means, of course, we have a packed show today. Um, So just to kind of give you a little sneak peek of what to expect today, we've got tons of hockey to talk about. Of course, the preseason uh, for the NHL marches on and there were a number of uh, NHL preseason games held over the course of the last week, uh, including games played by the Canadians and the Flyers. So we're going to take a look at how uh, the prospects for the Flyers and the Canadians, those who either have been playing on their AHL teams or, or could be playing on their, their AHL teams and are, and are fighting for a roster spot. We're going to just take a brief look at how they fared in their preseason games. Uh, we are at that point where we are seeing cuts coming from training camp and players getting put on waivers uh, in order to send them down to their AHL affiliates. So we'll just do a quick kind of review of of who's been cut uh, from the Canadians and the Flyers of note, uh, people who have been put on waivers. Uh, There's actually been a waiver claim uh, in the last week that we can talk about as well. Then in the second segment of today's show, we'll switch gears over to the AHL as their training camps did get underway this week. Uh, The Phantoms and the Laval Rocket both started their training camps uh, earlier this week. I believe they both started yesterday. Um, And that means that preseason games for the AHL are on tap uh, for this coming weekend. So we'll preview a little bit of that and just talk about uh, who to keep an eye on as those camps get underway, as the AHL teams start to try to whittle down their rosters for opening night. And then finally, in our last segment, uh, we'll talk a little bit about what kind of coverage uh, you can expect from the Rocket Sports Media team this week. We will have some live game coverage for you, so we'll let you know uh, where we will be and where you will see us. Um, In addition, uh, the Flyers debuted a new mascot experiment this week, and we're going to talk a little (laughs) bit about that because... Boy, oh boy, are there some opinions on that one uh, nationwide, really. I think he's, it's safe to say uh, he's a global sensation. Whether that's a compliment or not remains to be seen. So we will certainly get to that as well. So, Rick, we really do have a packed show top to bottom. We do. And and so normally, uh, before we get to that, we like to take a look around the world of sports, what's happened on the weekend, things away from the uh, the arena. Um, unfortunately, this week, we, we just don't have the time to uh, thoroughly discuss uh, why the 17-point um, underdog 
Buffalo Bills were able to demolish my uh, Minnesota Vikings and uh, ouch <laughs> set all kinds of, of uh, records in, uh, for futility in the process. So we, we can't get to that. Um, I'm, I'm sure you would like to get to uh, Carson Wentz's return. Um, and the big old win in horrible conditions for Mr. Wentz. Loving it, loving it. Eagles are two and one. Oh, yeah. So welcome back. That's all we'll get to say there. In in right. fantasy football, I was unbeaten this week. Um, what? Yeah. Interesting, again? though. Uh, nice again, job. again. Interesting, though. Um, yeah. In ESPN... Uh, I tied. Really? Yeah. Yeah, which doesn't happen that often. That doesn't happen that often. In um, our All Habs uh, Fantasy Football League, uh, I won by four points, I think. Um, wow. That was close. Over our commissioner, BZ, um, his son, Jordan, oh. um, who is oh. its first time. Yeah, so that was that was a bit so, heartbreaking. Uh, I imagine but Jordan, for Jordan gave you a run for your money. He did. He was a great, it was a great matchup. Um, I like that. And in my other league that I've been in for forever, uh, I won by point four decimal four. Yes, like four tenths of a point. League. Four tenths of a point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Skin of your teeth. Like, that's like less than a reception. I know. If it's a PPR. Well, we have defensive players, and so there's, you know, anyway. All right. Wow. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. It's a solid fantasy football week. So um, I don't even know if we have time for, well, we have to have time for for our national day because so many people ask for it. Absolutely. There is one thing that I want to insert on the sports around the world that I'm, if it's, if it was more possible, if it was possible for me to be more excited about the Eagles win and Carson Wentz being back, it's that the number one Tiger Woods fan in all of the land got to celebrate Tiger Woods finally getting that elusive tour win on Sunday 80th win of his career brought him to tears. Uh, the gallery was going nuts behind him. And, and I've seen some clips today that like the first thing that he did was go and watch a montage of commentators that all said that he would never win ever again. <laughs> <That's> silly. <laughs> and I just absolutely adore the pettiness of that. <laughs> was I one of them? What's that? Was I one of them? No, I don't care enough. No, I don't to, think so. I don't think so. I'm just, I, I am over the moon ecstatic for Tiger Woods. He has faced a lot of adversity. He hasn't, you know, he hasn't always made great choices, um, but he has really worked hard to, to get his life back on track, get his health back on track. He's battled a lot of adversity with, with his health and his back and his surgeries. Um, and for him to come full circle and really progress the way he did this season and, and cap things off by winning the PGA tour championship, um, just, whoo, it's amazing. So it a good, between the Eagles and Tiger Woods, I was like walking on clouds this weekend. Sports wise. It was great. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. But yes, please. Okay, so we cannot we we'd be remiss if we if we I mean last week last week's national days were so compelling with 
string cheese, pepperoni pizza, and uh, rum punch day. Well, you know how I've said we should look at the National Day calendar and, and schedule the podcast on the best day of the week? Yeah. I think we've done that this week. Really? What's today? Today is um, uh, National Tune-Up Day. Get your car tuned up. Great. It is National Research Administration Day. For all oh, come on. Research administrators. Um, it is National Comic Book Day. Oh, that's good. You, you like that one? I like that one, yeah. Be- before I, and there's a few more, but before, um, there's one person who we always hear from. In fact, she, she, she says, she sends us messages saying, do you know what the national day is today? That's right. Um, and one of our uh, most loyal li- listeners, uh, Kathy Kay, she's, she's um, former team member, member of ours. Rocket Sports team. Yeah, she was she she's a great photographer. She was a writer and editor for All Habs Hockey magazine. Um she, but something very special happened this weekend. Uh, yes, Kathy K and Jerome um Jerome B, I call him Dr. J, Jerome B. Um they um uh, he's a scout for a hockey prospect. They got married. Yes, he is. Woohoo. They got married. Yeah, congratulations. Round of applause. Congratulations. Very happy for the happy couple. Um, we've we've actually known the two of them as long as the two of them have known each other. Um, and, That's and true. We, yeah. are, we are very, very, very pleased uh, for them and happy for them on such a happy occasion. So congratulations to Kathy and Jerome. So I'm dedicating this National Day um, to them. Huzzah. Um, so it is national, um, there's a couple here, uh, but one you'll probably be interested in national lobster day. Lobster. Oh, who's bringing me lobster today? I need like an extra big one, but it is also a national math storytelling day. So I thought I would just take a few minutes here. No, (laughs) no. To tell one of the most interesting math stories that you're Who not up for up that. With math storytelling day. What? How is that even a thing? <laughs> I'm well. Given your storytelling abilities, I imagine that you'd be able to spin a quite captivating math tale one way or another. And my, you know. It's a, uh, um, you know, uh, um, just a shout out to my, to, to my background, my math degree, my, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to do that. But okay. If that's going to bore you, there's one more. Okay. And um, perhaps it's not well known that used to be in college days, um, a DJ. And DJ I like Rick. Yeah, I used to, I, I, I like music trivia. I like, you know, uh, but if you really want to get me on a topic, start yeah. talking about one hit wonders. Oh, yeah. And today is National One Hit Wonder Day. Nice. Okay. Well, okay. So what is your favorite, if you had to pick one 
one hit wonder that's your favorite, what would it be? Everyone knows what a one hit wonder is. You know, it's built and it's been on, on, on billboard. Um, an artist it's made there once with, and never again kind of thing. Yeah, the artist um, has one song that makes it big and then that's it. Right. And there's, you can go by decade. There's, I have favorites by decade. There's, there's, there's a ton of them. Um, the 80s had a lot. One of my favorites, you asked me one of my favorites. Um, as an example, um, Bobby McFerrin, 88, Don't Worry, Be Happy. Oh, no. my goodness. <laughs> right, oh. okay. But my favorite is Too Shy. As um, 80, came out in 83 by the group Kajagugu, um, <laughs> which you never heard Kajagugu again. You're a Kajagugu. Um. <laughs> maybe that's, Maybe if they had had a better band name they would have not been just a one-hit wonder yeah but no dj in their right mind wanted to introduce you know casey Kasem was like i'm not saying kajagugu every week on the american top 40 like i'm just not that's not happening dick clark on bandstand was like that's no kajagugu i'm sorry but 90s you had um steal my sunshine by lynn you had um okay your woman white town you had uh, probably your favorite Barbie girl. You can probably sing. That oh my God. Aqua. That song needs to die a fiery death. In, <laughs> oh my God. That's the worst song ever. Uh, Sex and candy. Marcy playground. Um, oh, that's a good one. Flagpole Sitta, uh, Harvey danger. Um, all of those are, are fabulous. One hit wonders. The two thousands. Um, you can think of those. A lot of those are, are idle people. You know, that, that, oh yeah. One American like Taylor, Idol and then, yeah. yeah, Taylor Hicks kind of thing or, uh, but you, anything, popular, apparently. anything really, yeah, anything by nice. Snow Patrol, you know? Oh um, God. Um, the Baja man who, who let the dogs out, that kind of stuff. James Blunt. I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, but the, my favorite one, I, get, my, I told you Kajagugu is my favorite. But if, if we relate it back to hockey, mm-hmm. there is a one-hit wonder that you hear in every arena. Oh, God, I bet I know what this is. Go ahead. I bet I, I, bet I know. Go ahead. Is Can it Cotton Eye Joe? Well, that, that, that could be a good one. Um, but even before that, the okay. Nana, hey, hey, kiss and goodbye. Yeah. That one? That's a one-hit yeah. wonder? Well, it, the group was Steam. You never heard of them. You never heard of them ever again. But you hear it in every in every arena. Huh. Yeah. Yes, Habs fans really enjoy it a lot. <laughs> well, they do. They do. Huh. All right, people. We'll so- send... Send Rick at All Habs on on Twitter. Go to All Habs and send him all of your best one hit wonder suggestions. And DJ, did they call? Did you go by DJ Rick? Did you have like some hip cool DJ name? Yeah, it was even cooler than that. I, I didn't use Rick. Oh really? <laughs> really? Oh. The slick DJ man. All right. You can send in what you think my name was. 
Yeah, okay. I don't know what would be more entertaining, submitting your one-hit wonder suggestions or submitting your uh, ideas for what Rick's DJ name used to be. Yeah. That's my homework. I'm going to get right on that. I'm going to come up with some suggestions there. Excellent. Well, while I'm eating my lobster tonight, I'll uh, submit some some answers to you for my favorite one-hit wonder. Great. But I suppose we should chat about some hockey. So let's get to it. Rick, there were um, there were a few games played by the Canadians and the Flyers uh, over the past few days since we were last here. Um, one of which uh, we did... Uh, actually, two two of which we, we attended, both on the Flyers' side. Um, but the Canadians uh, have had some... Some ups and downs and some, I don't know, the games that I've seen, things haven't looked like they're gelling fantastically. Uh, I didn't get to see last night's game against uh, pretty much the Toronto Marlies. Um, but they're making progress and, and they're they're finding some ways to win, I understand. They are finding ways to win. Uh, they've they've lost just once, four, four wins, one loss, which is a complete kind of turnaround from uh, last preseason when, um, mm-hmm. when they didn't win in the preseason. And, and, uh, uh, so I think that's affected, um, you, you know, as you said, it, it hasn't always been pretty, uh, but I think that's affected the, the mood at training camp. There seems to be, uh, a much better kind of outlook, even though, um, this is a club that's not expected to compete for a playoff spot, but but there is kind of a, um, you know, a kind of uh, underdog mentality that's that's growing and and um, and as you said, you know, last night's game was was uh, against a, a Marley squad and and uh, Mike Babcock got criticized by um, both the media and fans for. Um, icing a you know a pretty light lineup uh, last night. Um, oh, sorry, the man's got roster decisions to make. Well, and and that's exactly what he said that that um, you know he's got a job to do. He's got to get his team ready. Um, that's his that's his goal, and that he hopes that that fans will understand that. Um, uh, uh, and and that their goal is the same as his, and that is you know to look towards uh, June and beyond, or, or um, the playoffs and beyond into June, so that so that um, the, the the decisions he makes now are, are for the long term, not necessarily for you know pleasing the fans in the preseason, even though they're upset that there was no Tavares, no Matthews, no Marner, no Riley, no you know it was. Um, it was a it was a, a sparse lineup. Now that's going to change on Wednesday, um, mm-hmm. when when they're back in when they're in Montreal and and uh, they're back together the the Leafs and the and the Canadians and the Canadians will have uh, will have um, closer to their opening that lineup uh, as well yep. as as uh, roster down to thirty three. Absolutely. Well, you know, Bruins fans certainly couldn't uh, complain that their coach iced basically an AHL squad last night in Philadelphia. Uh, You know, I made the mistake going into the game, looking at the very veteran heavy Philadelphia lineup versus the very uh, young 
lineup that Boston was was going to ice, and I said, well, there really should that Philly should be able to to wipe the floor with these guys. Well, no, apparently that wasn't the case. Uh, they found themselves down four nothing at one point, um, and uh, they did come back with three goals in the third. But uh, it was kind of the opposite effect uh, there, where for some reason the veterans seemed to have a lot of trouble uh, solving. Uh, a, a mediocre goaltender uh, for the Boston Bruins and uh, and a bunch of guys, many of whom ended up getting cut from the training camp roster today anyway. So uh, it's kind of, kind of odd to see both ends of the spectrum happening on the same night um, with completely different results. It's kind of odd because the, it, it wasn't necessarily um, anything special that the Bruins were doing. Um, it was, uh, I, I don't, you know, I've said before that I think there's too many preseason games and, and um, the, the flyers for the most part were, were kind of going through the motions or, or maybe they, they underestimated their opponents because um, there was a lot of rebounds, uh, you know, around the, the, uh, the Bruin crease, but there was no, going to get them and in fact you know for the first period the um the the flyers really didn't go to the middle of the ice in the in the Bruins zone at all uh they're playing on the perimeter and um you know it was um mm-hmm. i i i said it's it, you're going to need a a Dale Weiss or you're going to need a Travis Konechny to go to the net uh to get something going here and that's that's kind of what happened in the in the third period to uh, that that kind of triggered the comeback for or the 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 uh, the failed comeback as it were, but it was a comeback yeah. by the by the Flyers. Absolutely. Yeah, so let's let's just talk briefly. Um, you know, as far as prospects that that are that are still there, I guess we could we could also before we do that uh, before we get into to some of the guys uh, the young guys who are still contending for a ro- roster spot who who aren't a lock to get one. Um, there have been some some roster moves. Um, the Habs today um, assigned uh, Moravchik and Sklenichka to Laval. They returned Nick Suzuki to uh, Owen Sound in the OHL and. Uh, that experiment with Joel Ward, Joel Ward as a PTO seems to be over. He was released from his professional tryout as well. Oh, darn. Not sure why he was ever there to begin with. Um, in addition, they placed five players on waivers. Hunter Shankarik, Michael McCarron, Byron Fraze, Renat Valiev, and Brett Lernout all got placed on waivers today, which they need to clear before they can be assigned to Laval. So, um, so a number of players, uh, off the training camp roster for uh, the Canadians as of today. Um, same thing with the Flyers. Uh, they've sent a number of guys uh, down over the, over the weekend and so forth. But the uh, most recent today were Philippe Myers, who uh, was really contending. Uh, there was a lot of talk about him possibly grabbing a roster spot, but not to be the case. He was assigned to the Phantoms as was Nicholas Albe Kubel. Um, and, uh, I know Donick Martell was one of the Flyers uh, players who was placed on waivers over the weekend. He was the one who was, has been claimed off of waivers. He was claimed by the Tampa, Tampa Bay Lightning. So Donick Martell off to Tampa. Um, 
So that being said, Rick, you know, starting starting with the Canadians, there there are still some big question marks. Um, you know, Nikita Sherbeck still battling for a roster spot. Della Rose still looking to to retain his roster spot, but you've got guys still up there like like Agostino and and um, and Pekka um, and Wellette and you know, there's. What have you been seeing from from the prospects that are still fighting to get on this roster for the first time? Well, uh, it's hard. There's so many. Um, you know, I've said this before about Mon- Montreal. There's so many myths, myths, myths and legends, uh, as they say, um, that um, that kind of uh, groupthink mentality that. Um, um, that it's it's some of the Montreal mu- media try to drive the, the the narrative rather than report it, and and so you're going to get um, you're going to get players there that that are there for certain reasons, um, like a Dupre, like a Chapu. Dupre has been awful; he's been terrible um, yeah. in in the preseason. Um, probably should have not probably he should have been one of the first cuts. Uh, but he's there for a certain reason. Um, Chapu and 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 uh, Agostino, uh, you mentioned Chapu and Agostino, not not NHL players. Uh, however, they will they will play a valuable role for the Laval Rocket. And we've said before that um, the Rocket gave up a lot in in Adam Cracknell and and Chris Terry. Uh, mm-hmm. They provided a lot of offense. Chris Terry, the the, the AHL scoring leader, uh, scoring champion last uh, last season. Yeah, uh, it's going to take a lot to replace that. And and Chapu and Agostino are going to be um, players that that uh, are needed to to uh, contribute to the scoring and provide leadership as well. Um, mm-hmm. Willette had those had two goals uh, the other night and and. I mean, they weren't the greatest of goals, but but uh, you know, uh, he drifted a shot to the net, and he he got his goals, and and great, he can contribute uh, offensively. But the reason Detroit was willing to let him go was the mental mistakes, and they they've happened uh, they happened throughout last season. They've happened through the preseason. Um, you know, when you look at his 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 uh, skill or physical makeup or he could be, you know, he could be one of those bottom uh, pairing defensemen or seven, eight defensemen kind of thing, but, but it's the mental mistakes. Um, and yet a player like, like uh Ouellette is, is uh, retained at least for now. Um, and, and Brett Lernout, Brett Lernout had a superb camp. He was terrific. Yeah, um, he did. Yeah. One of the best camps great. he's had. Yeah, he looked very good, very solid, very confident. Um, you know, he's mobile for a big guy, um, and um, uh, saved the life of Mike Riley there when he yes, he did. a little bit of a skirmish. Um, took care of things, and and um, yeah, Brett Learnout. Uh, you know, I I would I would hope that he would be one of the first uh, call ups when needed. Um, you mentioned the checks going back. Moravchik uh, mm-hmm. uh, is is uh, a little further ahead. Um, he's more of a stay-at-home, solid defenseman. 
um, probably needs to learn the, the North American game. Uh, Sklenichka maybe has a little more skill. He's a puck-moving defenseman, but is younger and, and, and kind of raw, and he's going to need more time. Um, so that's not a surprise to see him in in uh, uh, Laval. Um, but and and then yeah, there's that's kind of the uh, the defenseman that we're working with, and 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 you wonder. Um, Mark Bergevin has kind of uh, leaned to um, eight defensemen, which would mean thirteen forwards. But this year, and particularly if they want to try and carve out some role, even if it's for if, even if it's for nine games for Kokanami. Um, that they'll probably be looking at 14 forwards and seven defensemen. So that's going to put mm-hmm. extra pressure on, on um, you know, the, the Willats or, or Jordy Ben or um, those kind of moves. Well, and, you know, mentioning Kokanyemi, I'm, I'm getting more and more the feeling that, um, that that young man is going to be asked to stay in Montreal for, for that, nine game audition um whether that's the right move or not i'm not really i'm not really convinced um i i think he he's not going to play a full year in the nhl this year uh he's exceptionally talented but he's exceptionally green and he needs he needs a year away from the nhl to get ready to play in the nhl um so i'm not really sure what purpose keeping him around for for nine games would serve um but i'm i'm getting more and more the inclination from quote julian that that's that's the the way that they're leaning and i understand that he he didn't look good in his first game even though he scored he 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 looked he looked lost the first two periods uh he got a little bit more credit for that game than than deserved and uh but he has gotten better and better and it has looked very good um, for me, I, you know, I don't know if, if that translates into, uh, NHL full season good. And, and, and that would be the only reason I would, I would want to, uh, keep him around. I, I don't, I don't know what's served by the, uh, the nine game trial. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it makes me think about, uh, Mikhail Sergachev. Uh, and when he was uh, had a nine game trial, and actually he didn't, it wasn't not, it was, it was a small portion of those nine games. He was in the press box for a good part of that. But the games that he did play, um, he was he was targeted, as you might expect, by the opposition, mm-hmm. and was was hit hard and wasn't prepared for it. Um, and you know, Kokanemi, if 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 he's kept around for the NHL, he's going to be in the top six, and yeah. you know that means he's going to be playing against some tough competition. And and uh, I don't know, he's 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 pretty naive, and and I don't know if he's ready for that. Um, yeah. I'd really like to see him go back to to Finland and and uh, and then you know um, next year come in and and uh, be ready to play a full season. Mm-hmm. Uh, fortunately, uh, the the teams were able to make it through the week without uh, any additional injuries or suspensions, <laughs> which I guess at this point needs to be applauded. Um, 
the Flyers, uh, Ron Hextall did have some some injury updates himself. We actually um, heard from him when we were uh, in the hallway between periods Friday night uh, for the Flyers-Islanders preseason game at the PPL Center in Allentown. Um, Hextall uh, spoke with, with members of the media there, and he told us uh, that Andrew McDonald was was getting close to coming back uh, probably earlier than expected. Uh, he didn't want to commit to how soon that would be, um, but it turns out McDonald came back from injury last in last night's game against the Bruins, as did Brian Elliott, um, who was in goal last night, who I think it was pretty obvious it was his first game back from injury. He didn't, he didn't, uh, he didn't look great uh, for for the game, but um, but did an okay job there. Um, Michael Neuwirth, however, was supposed to get the start in Allentown this past Friday night. Uh, was injured during uh, the morning skate, uh, and originally they had said, "Oh, it'll, you know, maybe a day or two. Well, now uh, Hextall has said that he'll be out more than a few days, um, and as far as an official timeline. Nothing definitive, but Hextall is doubtful that Neuwirth is going to be ready for the season opener, which that's uh, that's a, a bit of a blow to the Flyers at a position that they're always struggling with. Um, Wayne Simmons is also back on the ice, uh, and he's going to be cleared to practice with no restrictions, so he's, he's sure to come back soon as well. So um, injury updates there and whatnot, but, but Rick, now is the time. You know, the rest of this week – the Canadians and the Flyers both have two preseason games left uh, uh, this week and all eyes are going to be on, on those guys that are on the bubble. Um, You know, Nikita Sherback is one of them. Um, I think he's had a tremendous camp so far. Um, He takes plenty of uh, criticism when he doesn't score, I guess, four goals a game, but he's had, he's had two goals uh, and has, has been contributing. Um, You know, what are your thoughts? on on how he's playing and and his shot at making this roster. Uh the Canadians have given up a lot of offense uh in Alex Galchenyuk and and uh, Max Pacioretty. Um let's remember that that Max Domi scored four goals on a goalie last year, even strength. Um let's remember that Max Domi is not the guy who's going to be contributing all the offense. Nikita Sherback is one of the most uh, dynamic offensive players on the, on the roster. Uh, tons of skill. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I, all this criticism is, is silly and it's, it's, it's that Montreal kind of criticism. Um, it's when, it's when one player is under threat that happens to be a a favorite. Um, yeah. Then the the player who's most likely to take his spot gets absolutely destroyed in the media and and on social media, and that's what's happening with with Nikita Sherback right now. Um, Charles Houdon hasn't had a great camp. Really hasn't hasn't showed much Mm-mm. at all. Uh, until I mean, until if, if you haven't had, if you haven't had a good camp, and and uh, one way to get fans on your side is to do a Savardian spinorama, and that's exactly what he did for a a pretty goal last night. Uh, so 
kudos to to uh, Charles Zidane <laughs> and 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 you know um, he's he's a good player. Uh, mm-hmm. He just hasn't he just doesn't hasn't hasn't excelled in this camp. But to protect him, um, you know, the the Montreal media fans have have jumped on, and they have hammered um, Nikita Sherback. It's it's not yeah. unlike. Um, Lars Eller used to get absolutely unfairly criticized up and down uh, in order to protect David DeHarnay. Um, Correct me if I'm it, wrong, but Lars Eller has a Stanley Cup now, right? Yeah, he does. And he played a pretty significant role in that cup as well. A very significant role in that playoff run and, and played up the lineup, played top six in the, in the playoffs. Um, you know, it, it reminds me a little bit of the Montreal media out of camp was um, one of the best players, one of the best defensemen they had ever seen. Uh, and I, I still laugh when I think about this was Rafael Diaz. Uh, and <laughs> Rafael Diaz was the, was the replacement for Andre Markov. And they hammered Markov in that camp and it was all Diaz all the time. And um and yes, you know Diaz was Swiss, but he could speak French. So that that was that was that was the you know the reason why uh, he was promoted. Um, it was silly, and, and and it's always been silly. But but that's what's that's what's driving this whole narrative. And you when you go on on um, um, Twitter or or Facebook, you see the the criticism of Sherback, and and Sherback is slow and. And I mean, he's nothing. He's not slow. He's an excellent wow. skater. Uh, his goal uh, the other night that he and, and Pekka, uh, while well, Pekka carried the, the puck up the ice, uh, threw it in front of the net, and, and Sherback had to time it perfectly, but he had to skate stride for stride with Pekka. And, and Pekka is kind of acknowledged as someone who's pretty speedy. Uh, he has kind of an awkward, hunched-over style, so he looks different, yes. and, and people just yes. aren't used to seeing him. Uh, but tremendous hands, and he's worked very, very hard to become um, a responsible player in the defensive zone. Um, mm-hmm. And along been, the boards. And much better, much better battling for, for pucks. Much more willing to go to the dirty areas uh, than yep. than he did at one time. Uh, when he had those string of injuries. Uh, so Nikita Sherback should be a lock on this team because it's Montreal. Um, you know, it has been a, a, a discussion point. Well, I certainly, for his sake, I don't know. And for sanity's sake, I hope they make the right decision here. Um, you know, he performed very well when he got his call up last year and stuck with the team for quite a while. Um, the fan base somewhat started to rally around him a bit. As you say, there's, there's a contingency of the fan base that's going to hammer him no matter what. Um, but there are some people, I, like, I, I don't know what games people are watching when they say things like, oh, Nikita Sherback is slow. Oh, Nikita Sherback hasn't had a good camp. Oh, Nikita Sherback is doing nothing out there. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. Are we watching the same games? Because that's not what I see. And as you say, he's made a lot of improvements. Uh, He's a very good skater. Um, You know, 
yes, as his posture is different, but it does, that doesn't take away anything from his stride um, and, and his speed. And folks, he's contributing offensively in this preseason. And isn't that what everybody wants? Isn't that what everybody wants? Especially for a Montreal Canadiens team that no longer has Max Pacioretty and Alex Galchenyuk. Um, you know, I know, I know being Russian doesn't usually bode well for a player on this team. And I, I'm, I'll go ahead and say that because it's true. It's true. Um, but Nikita Sherbeck has a lot of heart. He is a kid at heart. He is, you know, he's, he's, he's young and, and he, you know, he's, he's got a very, a very young attitude and, and, but it's always positive and he works hard uh, and he's got a lot of upside and I think he's going to continue to grow. And I think, I really think he deserves a shot at this roster um, and let him, one of the biggest, one of the biggest things that any coach can do for Nikita Sherbeck, as has been proven in the past, is to put him in a situation where they're just dumping confidence on him. Give him confidence, and he'll he'll return that uh, with production tenfold. And I think sticking him on the roster from the get-go will go a long way towards doing that. Just today, um, Sherbeck was with Pocanitz and uh, Houdon. Um, Okay. I I'd, I'd I'd like to see I I I'd like to see him with uh you know uh, uh Byron he he was was good with uh, with Byron he was good with um we'll, we'll see how it 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 uh you know all comes out but but putting uh, Sherback on the fourth line putting uh, Houdon on the fourth line for that matter as well is not where no. those players are going to look good or where they're going to excel. No, not at all. But until you, until you get the chapeaus and the I, I I don't I don't know what the fascination with Pekka is. I really don't. Um, you know, Chapu I I think was slated to start on the top line last night, which is just I laughed. I thought that was a mistake. Uh, I thought that was a, like a misprint. Um, so. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't quite understand some of those decisions, but I agree with you that Nikita Sherbeck and Charles Sudan should not be on the should not be playing on the fourth line. Not that Plakanitz is a is a terrible veteran center for them to learn off of, but it's just not going to showcase what they can do. They need a playmaker. All right. Well, with that, um, that kind of wraps and, up our first. Go ahead. And I was just going to say, with with respect to the Flyers, um, oh right, you know, we yes. saw we saw uh, players that are kind of on the bubble there too. Um, I, I, Philippe Myers didn't have a very good game last night, and and no. uh, was respon- directly responsible for you know he blindly backhanded it into the slot, and it was in the back of the net within uh, a, a second or two. I, you know he's 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 getting there, but, but he still, uh, still has a bit of, of, of learning a bit of seasoning. There's, there's a lot of talent. Um, yes. Uh, but some of the, uh, Andrew McDonald was terrible by the way, but, um, yeah, it was. Uh, uh, Christian Foley, uh, he played a lot last night, but I didn't, <laughs> I didn't think he played particularly well. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott Lawton didn't play. I, I, I expected to see more of him. Uh, Abe Kubel, I guess, is 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 another one on the bubble. Um, Corbin Knight, I thought we didn't see any. We didn't see a lot from from him as well. Uh, although for as we've said for the first two periods, not much was going right for uh, for the Flyers. No, so not at all. Um, but the players that 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 are kind of on that on the bubble, you know, on the decision making, I, I don't think they did a lot to um, advance their case um, last night. No, I don't think or, so or, either. Or Friday night, for that matter. No, uh, neither. Uh, Friday night, uh, they. They lost in overtime to the Islanders. It was a much tighter game, um, but but still not a still not a solid showing. I I, I feel like Philadelphia is going to end up with a very similar looking lineup to the to what they had last year. That that the guys that they were perhaps hoping were going to be um, on the bubble and maybe make it are just not quite ready yet. Um, Anthony Stolarz, I. I don't know what they're <laughs> Elliot didn't look great. And now Alex Lyon, Michael Neuwirth, both uh, out with injury. So right now Stolarz is playing, playing backup, which he may by default um, need to need to make Ross the opening night roster. If Neuwirth isn't ready, um, but that won't be for long. Um, so we'll have to see what happens there, but yes, a lot of, a lot of the guys on the bubble with the flyers, Mm, good chance that they might find themselves back in Allentown um, with great potential for call-ups, mind you, but, um, but not for, not for opening night. Um, And so with that, uh, we are going to take one quick break. Our first commercial break of the show. Uh, We will be back to just talk briefly about uh, the, AHL preseason games coming up this weekend and and training camps that are underway there. Um, And so sit tight, enjoy uh, some, some words from our team, and we will be right back. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at Rocketsportsmedia.com. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. So, Rick, believe it or not, with all these uh, training camp cuts coming and, and guys getting put on waivers and whatnot, uh, we're really getting down to crunch time for rosters. And that means that the AHL teams have kicked off their training camps this week. Uh, the rocket and the phantoms both getting underway with, with their cores. Um, and let's just briefly just take a look at, you know, some of the guys to, to be on the lookout for uh, starting with Laval. Um, 
as far as their roster, they've got 22 players participating in training camp. Uh, they started their first on-ice session at Possbell yesterday. Um, there are two players who are there on a on a PTO, and that's uh, forward Mark Olivier Waugh uh, from Fort Wayne in the ECHL and defenseman Garrett Sassir from Northeastern University. Um, but you've got guys like Jeremiah Addison, uh, Daniel Audette is back there, Alexander Alain, uh, Will Bitten, which I think Will Bitten's going to play a, a significant role in Laval this year. Um, Lucas Vedemo uh, is is another one to, to that I think to watch out for. But what are you really expecting to see happening um, with the Laval Rocket as they start their training camp and, and gear up for their preseason? Well, it is it is going to be interesting, and there are players. Um, uh, Will Bitten um, should be an interesting one, and and one one to to keep an eye on, um, as as he I, I thought he he did a great job carving out a a place for himself at the rookie camp, and 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 then beyond. Um, you know, you're going to have some players who uh, have come back to. Um, uh, Laval who may not want to be there. Um, and, and if, if waivers, uh, you know, if, if, if the players clear waivers, you're going to have uh, Mike McCarron, you're going to have Hunter Shankarik, uh You're going to have those kind of players who, who um, think that they belong in Montreal. And um, it, it, the interesting part is always to see how, if that's uh, uh uh, you know, if they they are discouraged by that, or if it's a, a bit of a spur in the saddle to get them to get them motivated. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's going to be very interesting. We're going to see, I think, um, kind of a, a, a strength on defense with with Brent Learnout being there, um, Matt Terramino, who we haven't seen, um, who's uh, had true. a a small injury, um, uh, but, but he should be, uh, he should be at the little Val camp and be expected to, to have some, um, play a leadership role. And, and, uh, um, you know, Byron phrase, uh, an, another veteran going back and, and, uh, we'll see if we, you know, Chapu and, and Agostino get back there. Um, it's going to be a very interesting mix. And, and I think most startling is there's, there's, uh, you mentioned Audette, um, uh, Wakehead would be another one, um, but there's not going to be a lot of of familiar names necessarily, or a lot of t- a lot of names that uh, of players who who uh, played a big part in in Laval Rockets uh, the Laval Rocket season last year. Right, as, as you say, Daniel Audet, um, you know Brett Learnout, McCarron, Michael McNiven. Um, you know, Charlie Lindgren is still up with the Canadians uh, in training camp. He has not been cut yet. So so right now it's Michael McNiven and Etienne Marcoux, uh, who are the tandem for training camp in Laval. Um, so, you know, McNiven is a familiar face and expect to see uh, some growth from him this year. Um, but as you say, there's 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 not a whole lot of, of names from Ice Caps and Laval Rocket days that are that are left with this with this core um, perhaps that's a good thing uh, given the fact that, that there's new coaching in town as well. Um, so that's going to be kind of the interesting thing to watch is that not only are there not a lot of returning players, 
Uh, there's they're greatly outnumbered by by names who have not been on this roster before. But couple that with let's see how both returning players and and new players all react under the tutelage of Joel Bouchard and and his and his team. You know, we got Alex Burroughs uh, in the mix there as well, and and um, so it's going to be really interesting to not only watch the players and who breaks out early and who uh, is producing and who looks strong right out of the gate. But it's also going to be interesting to see how they're coached um, and, and the relationship between players and coaches and, and how quickly that gels or doesn't, or, you know, it's a bit soap opera. It's going to be really interesting to watch. Well, the other puzzle is that without an ECHL affiliate this year, uh, there are, you know, going to be far too many players uh, in the uh, the Laval camp uh, to to fill the team, and players who are dispersed, and and it'll be interesting to see how those decisions are made, where those players go, um, and and you know how they uh, how the, the the organization keeps them for those players that are under contract, it keeps them in as part of the fold. Uh, that's going to be very interesting to see. Absolutely. It's, um, you know, and, and nothing's a given, like, as you, as you say, there's no ECHL affiliate, which, uh, we should mention that, uh, the Ottawa senators and the Brampton beast made, uh, their announcement official today that the beast will be the ECHL affiliate, full ECHL affiliate of the Ottawa senators. Uh, and of course, then the Belleville Senators as well. So, um, you know, it's coming into Laval training camp. Guys, really, not that they're not going to take that seriously, but they need to be fully committed to to stepping up and putting putting their best game on the ice. Because since we don't know what's going to happen with all of those extra players, you don't want to risk, you know, just kind of just kind of, you know, not really giving your best effort through training camp uh, with Laval and then finding yourself sitting in the press box most nights because there's just not room for you because you didn't make a good impression during training camp. Like going into Laval training camp, every one of the guys that are there now and appear there this week need to go out there and, and fight for their job and prove why I, you know, I'm, I'm the one that needs to be on the opening night roster at the AHL level because I don't want to be sitting in the press box for three months. Um, makes a pretty interesting competitive dynamic, I'm sure. Well, and just I- extending that, you mentioned the Ottawa Senators and, of course, the Laval Rocket, uh, the preseason um, games that they have will be against uh, Ottawa's AHL affiliate, the Belleville Senators, mm-hmm. uh, both in Belleville. Um, and what's the atmosphere going to be? I mean, there's, there's uh, how many storylines do you, then you can, then you, do you need, uh, when, when it comes to the Ottawa senators, but there was another one added to the mix today. When you talk about cuts and waivers and things, Oh um, yeah. Oh, Zach, oh, yeah. Smith, Zach Smith had been, uh, at least as recently as yesterday, centering, Mark Stone and Brady Kachuk, which, you know, is, is one of the top lines. Not small piece. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Zach Smith is, is the longest member, longest serving member of uh, the Ottawa senators into his 11th year. 
500 some odd games. Um, and Zach Smith was put on uh, waivers today. Um, and um, that's, he had three years left on this contract, $3 million. Uh, and um, Matt Duchesne <laughs> was quoted as saying, uh, on, on Zach Smith being placed on waivers, I'll be honest, it's a kick in the balls for all of us. Um, <laughs> As if like life in Ottawa has not just been a giant kick in the balls for that entire roster. <laughs> Let's yeah. just add one more thing to the mix. So it's, um, you know, what's going to happen there with Belleville and, and um, um, Belleville wasn't very good last year and they, they had big hopes, um, you know, that they're going to make a, a jump in the standings and, and uh, we'll see what happens um, and, and of course there was, you know, in the rookie tournament, there was, uh, a, a bit of, of action that, that resulted in an injury. So, mm-hmm. um, there's, there, that, those games, those preseason games are going to be, um, uh, interesting to watch from a whole number of perspectives. Absolutely. Um, as you mentioned, uh, Laval has two preseason games. They play, Uh, on Friday and Saturday night, 7 p.m. Eastern time for both of those games uh, at CAA Arena. uh, And they are playing against the Belleville Senators. Um, I just want to briefly switch gears over to the Flyers. Um, Kind of the same same question for you there as the Phantoms uh, get their training camp underway. Rick, I think there's, you know, a lot of guys there who also uh, are coming off of cuts from Philadelphia looking for something to prove uh, they, they are not in the same ECHL conundrum as they still have the Reading Royals just 45 minutes down the road from them. It's the great thing about um, the, the Flyers organization is so compact. Uh, you know, the Flyers are based in Philadelphia. Their AHL affiliate is about an hour and 15 minutes north of them. And the ECHL affiliate is about 45 minutes southwest of the phantoms kind of in between the two. So they're all right there together um, makes for uh, a lot of convenience uh, for call-ups and send downs and things of that nature. But they also have two preseason games left. Uh, They will have uh, a game against the New York Rangers. um, uh, Sorry. uh, We're talking phantoms, not, not the flyers, Uh, the, the phantoms, uh, will be playing a couple of games. They play on Thursday night at Wilkes-Barre Scranton, and then they play again on Saturday at home against Charlotte. So they've got two preseason games on the on the docket for this weekend. Um, do you feel like they're kind of in in a in the same kind of place where there's going to be a lot of guys uh, kind of coming off of their send downs looking? with a chip on their shoulder or, or just more open to, okay, I got to make the best of this. Well, I, th- I think so. And, and with the flyers, there are some injury issues. And, and so, um, you know, th- that's going to factor into it. I think, I think there's higher expectations with respect to the phantoms. They, they went, uh, they had a good playoff run, uh, last season and, um, you know, weren't ready, uh, to, uh, to exit when they did. Um, and, and so I think that, um, there's a higher expectation. There's a higher expectation, the level of competition. Um, and, uh, you know, with the, in, uh, uh, 
Philippe Myers is, is going to be there. When you look at the defense uh, and you think of, now there's some injuries. Sam Moran is out till um, Christmas, maybe Midway. February. Yeah. Um, uh, Travis Sanheim, one of my favorites. Um, uh, you know, where is he going to play? Uh, at, at some point, the the uh, depending on injuries, the um, the Phantoms could have three NHL caliber kind of defensemen uh, available yeah. to them, um, and goaltending as well. With with the injuries there, you you have uh, Stolarz, who you mentioned, Carter Hart, uh, mm-hmm. Alex Lyon, um, and um, they're they're the the phantom situation is kind of because of all those injuries and and um uh how they they impact is going to be a little bit uh, unpredictable i think uh but they should be a really uh, still they should be a really solid team um and uh and like i say with 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 pretty high expectations uh of how they're going to perform this year absolutely it'll be uh it'll be exciting to see what happens with those preseason games? We'll get our first look at, uh, you know, what some potential line combinations could be for both teams uh, as they head into their preseason as as the NHL uh, teams finish up their preseasons uh, as far as games are concerned this weekend as well. We are going to take a quick commercial break one more time, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about, just briefly, because we are running out of time, we're going to talk about the Flyers' new mascot. Yes, folks, they have one, and whoo, what a sensation he has made right off the bat. Uh, and we'll also tell you where you'll find the Rocket Sports Media team this week. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this brief word. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at All Habs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. Okay, Rick. I said on Twitter yesterday that I was going to reserve all of my commentary about this news out of uh, the Philadelphia Flyers organization for our podcast today. Uh We've talked a lot about mascots on this show last year, and everyone knows... We Yes, and everyone knows, uh, you know, we love the AHL mascots at the All-Star Game. We know that uh, Melvin, the mascot for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, is my favorite mascot. He is 
He's one of the best mascots I've ever seen. Um, and the Flyers are one the of league. beloved around well, the league. Absolutely, as as is I, we're, if we're talking Philadelphia mascots, the Philly fanatic for the Philadelphia Phillies in in Major League Baseball is known around the world uh, and is also a very popular mascot even across fan lines with teams and and so forth. And the Philadelphia Flyers are one of the very few NHL teams left out there that don't have a mascot. They actually briefly uh, experimented with having a mascot a couple of decades ago called Slapshot, and he went over like a lead balloon. That didn't work out very well at all, so he was very short-lived. And so they decided that it was time to try again. And yesterday, everyone on the internet was greeted with the monstrosity of some amalgamation of Scott Hartnell and Jake Voracek and a Muppet that is called Gritty. And I'm just going to read you the bio. Gritty has a bio. He also has a, he has a Twitter account, which is already throwing shade at the Penguins, which is, that's okay. Get to know Gritty. His father was a bully. So naturally, he has some of those tendencies. He's talented but feisty. He's a fierce competitor known for his agility, given his size, which I'm going to get back to his agility in a minute. He's loyal but mischievous, the ultimate Flyers fan who loves the orange and black but is unwelcoming to anyone who opposes his team. Legend has it he earned the name Gritty for possessing an attitude so similar to the team he follows. So apparently... Uh, they're doing some construction at Wells Fargo Center. They're doing renovations on the second floor. And apparently the construction disturbed his secret hideout where he's been hiding <laughs> for decades. And it has forced him to show his face publicly for the first time in decades. Um, he's hideous. been caught. Yeah. He's been caught eating snow straight from the Zamboni machine. Um, mm. Yeah. Rick, Gritty hit the internet yesterday, and I think the internet melted down. Um, everyone's initial reaction was the same. It was every child in, in the world will have nightmares. This is the most horrifying, terrifying, god-awful thing that we've ever seen. We had the, uh, we had the good fortune to uh, attend last night's Flyers-Bruins game. So... We were among the few that got to see Gritty live for the first time uh, as he made his debut at Wells Fargo Center, where he was resoundingly booed <laughs> as soon as he made an appearance. And, you know, they say he's, no, he's known for his agility given his size. Well, during first intermission, he fell down three times and then started stealing T-shirts and instead of shooting T-shirts with the T-shirt gun into the crowd, he started shooting the people on the ice who were tossing out the T-shirts in true Philadelphia fashion, I suppose. Um, the odd thing here, I hated this guy yesterday. With, a, with, all of, with every fiber of my being, I hated Gritty. I hated him, as did pretty much everyone in Philadelphia and everyone in the NHL today. I don't know. He's already growing on me. 
And I saw a tweet today that said, this is so Philly. Yesterday, this thing is awful. It's horrifying. It's the worst decision the Flyers have ever made. Today, I'll take a bullet for you, Gritty. <laughs> so I don't know. It's so Philly. He's awful, but he's ours. And I don't, I just, I don't know how to feel about it. I don't know how to feel about it. Well, it's, you know, because we're, we're used to mascots. Typically mascots are cute. They're, they're lovable. They're cuddly. They, they, they embrace kids. They, they go visit school groups. Um, and, and, and that's what we're used to, um, uh, for, for mascots. Um, and, you know, when it, when it happened yesterday and this, this guy, he's ugly. He's not only ugly, he's scary. He's scary. looking. He's scary. Looking. Um, uh, particularly for young kids. He's very scary. Um, he has an edge about him. He certainly has an attitude and, and, uh, uh, you know, a, an obnoxious personality. Yeah. Um, and, and I said at the time, um, you know, maybe there's, Maybe this was done with intent. Maybe uh, because the question was asked, how did this how did this hideous looking thing get past even the the the, the you know most basic of, of scrutiny or or focus groups or whatever marketing kind of thing? How did how did that happen? Um, and you know, obviously there was a they went a completely different way. There was a method in their madness. Mm-hmm. Um, the internet exploded. Everybody hated it. Everybody just despised him. Um, and as you said, all of a sudden, and, and, and he got a, as you said, a, a, <laughs> just an unwelcome uh, welcome to the, to Wells Fargo. Uh, he was oh, yeah. booed. He was mocked. He was, and to see him going after kids, they were kids uh, on, on the ice with the t-shirt yeah. cannon. Uh, okay, I guess that's his mischievous or feisty kind of side. Um, it, it, he obviously embraced the, the mascot, embraced the he loved to be hated kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but now, because the entire league hates him, because the entire league mocked him, because the entire league said, what is wrong is, with those people? All of a sudden. Now we love him. Uh, yeah. Flyers fans just love him. Um, and, and now yeah. we'll be like, come at us, go ahead, make fun of our mascot. It's all right. He's a psychopath, but it's okay. We love him anyway. Yeah. We're, we're sending him to your arena to terrorize you. You know, we're going to terrorize <laughs> your little kids. That's right. That's, that's I would love it if he traveled here. with the team and went to visiting and went on a way game. <laughs> And like chased other mascots around their home arena, like that would be fantastic. There was there was um, to a much lesser extent, uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers um, had had two mascots that were just fantastic: Buster and Boomer. Uh, Boomer, I think, was the taller one. Buster was just mischievous, and. Uh, each each of the sponsors had had mascots, and would send them to the to the Winnipeg Winnipeg Blue Bombers for those of our our uh, American listeners for the Canadian Football League. Um, and uh, Buster used to beat up all the corporate mascots that were sponsors. 
<laughs> Particularly, there was a lawn service called Green Drop. And um, he used to chase and just absolutely pummel him. Um, he was he was mischievous. He was mean. Um, oh no! Absolutely adored. Absolute Buster and Boomer were Buster was uh, uh, Boomer was, and I might be getting them wrong, but Boomer was was a little bit more you know um, middle of the road and, and goofy and and that sort of thing. Buster was just conniving and and mean and would beat up other mascots and and he was he was loved absolutely loved uh so maybe there's there's you know something to that uh in here um a we'll, little we'll bit well progresses and the flyers if nothing else they got plenty of press i mean gritty was on good morning america this morning uh live from the live from the flyers <laughs> locker room today so i mean if nothing else Everyone is talking about the Philadelphia Flyers right now. And um, looking at his Twitter account, he's got 48,000 followers already. Wow. He's got 48,000 followers already in a day. So I don't know. Maybe the Flyers marketing team knows something about what they're doing and about their fan base. So um, <laughs> there there will be something about Flyers fans. It really does. Well, you know, when you're a Philly sports fan, you just you you wear your dysfunction like a badge of pride. <laughs> you really, really do, I have to say. So, um, at least there will be no shortage of uh, gritty gifts and gritty memes this hockey season. Uh, so it's going to be quite entertaining. Um, and I can say that we will uh, will be able to bring folks even more. Uh, we can report on all the gritty action um, on Thursday night for the Flyers' next preseason game. Happy to say that the Rocket Sports team, uh, Rick and I, will be covering the uh, Flyers-Rangers preseason game at the Wells Fargo Center. Um, we So be sure to follow along uh, on Twitter with us uh, as we cover that game live. And, of course, we'll have post-game uh, scrums and interviews as well as uh, original photography from the night as well. Looking forward to that. Um, and and uh, you can find Rick at All Habs on Twitter. You can find me at Flyers Rule. And, of course, be sure you're following at the AHL Report on Twitter as well as AHL Report on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and, of course, Rick at the All Habs account will have plenty of uh, Canadians coverage for you as they go through their last two preseason games of the season as well. Uh, lots happening this week, Rick, and it's going uh, to be a tense one, a bit of a nail-biter as we see uh, how the Canadians roster gets trimmed down here uh, over the next four or five days. And we'll be there to share it all with you and discuss it all with you and analyze it uh, for you. So um, the, do be in touch uh, on social media and, uh, and uh, follow our, our podcast as well, which will have plenty of information on it. Absolutely. Don't forget the Canadians Connection, our newest podcast with Rocket Sports Radio, airs at 1 p.m. Eastern Time live every Saturday. So tune into that for all of your Montreal Canadiens news and analysis, as well as Have a Listen and Habs Unfiltered. You can find it all on Rocket Sports Radio on your favorite podcast platform, iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, TuneIn. We are there, so give us a listen. 
Until then, we will uh, be reporting for you rinkside this week, and uh, we're happy to talk to you along the way. Enjoy the week. Enjoy your hockey, and we'll see you back here next Tuesday for another episode of From the Press Box. And keep on wishing. Remember your dreams is your only scheme. So keep on pushing.